0: Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, good morning everybody and uh, it really is good to be together to sense God's presence and uh, to worship him and uh, to give him praise. Um, The reason we're here is because God is alive, he's real and uh, Jesus Christ is uh, our saviour and our Lord and uh, we believe that uh, God can make an amazing difference in every one of our lives. Uh, whatever our past, whatever our background, whatever our successes, whatever our failures, uh, God is for us uh, and around us. So we thank him for that. Um, this morning, we're going to continue with our uh, series called Do the Hard Things. Uh, as, a, as a church leadership, uh, of which uh, Stephen and Aline are part, we, we come together as a ministry team on a regular basis, and we began. We begin to just think and pray about what God wants to say to us in particular seasons of the life of the church. And over many years now, uh, we found that doing this on on in, in series—not series that are going on and on and on and on—but six, seven weeks series that really not only speak by the preached word, but also seek to speak prophetically into the church. And uh, what that saves us from doing is the preacher turning up every week, thinking, what shall I speak on? And, uh, and uh, maybe running to their, their favourite verse. And so what, what you get with that sort of thing is you, you, you get no sort of direction, no sort of momentum in the ministry. So we share together, we pray together. And in this uh, series, we're, we're, we're taking uh, messages from Matthew 5, 6 and 7, which is often known as the sermon sermon. On the Mount, the reason being because Jesus was on the mountainside uh, and he, he sat down and ministered to the people. Bible commentators have uh, wondered whether it was one sermon all in one go, if it was, it was a long one, or whether it was a maybe a, a series of messages, or maybe the people were camped up there for a number of days. I don't know, but what happens is we've got some of the most amazing teaching of Jesus collected together. Uh, There's another expression of this in Luke's gospel, a little shorter, but we're going to particularly concentrate on the words in Matthew. Somebody described this as essential Christianity. And as Pastor Stephen's been leading this morning, the beauty of what we try and do in Arena Church by God's grace is to say that if you're the lost one this morning, if if you've been prodigal, if you've lost your way, then the reckless love of God really is after you. And before the service is finished, we want to give opportunity for you to respond. But the other side of that is that God is forever calling each of us further up the mountain. He's not just asking us for to be a decision, but to be a disciple, to be a devoted, committed follower of Jesus Christ, to get all that we can from him and for him to do all that he wants to do in us. And so we're unashamed at times of seeking to tackle challenging passages of the Scripture and trying to place them into a context of 2018 in Arena Mansfield. How does this work in my life today? What difference does it make? How does it help me tomorrow as I go to the office, the hospital, the building site, wherever God has placed me? Maybe you've got a day off tomorrow because it's the bank holiday, but you get the thought that as we go into the world of work as we we connect with people that still haven't come to faith, that God will strengthen us and give us something from Him. So Robert's going to pull up two passages of Scripture this morning. And the first one is Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. You may want to turn to it in your Bible as well. But if you've not got a Bible, then Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God's. And then if you go a little later into the, into the chapter, in, into verse 27, Jesus says, You have heard it say, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone that looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown away into hell and if your right hand causes you to stumble cut it off and throw it away it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell these are the words of jesus and over the next four or five weeks as we've built upon the introduction pastor christian bringing it to Mansfield last week, at Ilkiston doing an introductory message as well. We're going to look at five aspects of doing the hard things. And the first one this morning is that we're going uh, to seek just to bring the challenge of these verses to our heart. And here's the challenge, that we're going to do the hard things morally. We're going to do the hard things morally. Now, the, the great challenge of this passage which we've already made clear is utterly impossible without the grace of God at work in our lives. Jesus brought another standard. The people thought he was going to perhaps be a political liberator or maybe to enforce religion, but he brought the rule of the kingdom of God. And he said, you've heard it said, but I tell you, he raised the standard of following him. We're not asking you to do that in your own strength. We're asking you to make a commitment to Jesus to know God and to begin to find freedom and you'll have a passion, a desire in your heart to want to implement the words of the Savior that you're following. The subject that we're addressing today may be an area where you've had failure. It may be that you're not yet a Christian and you feel so broken in certain areas of the moral fabric of your life. It may be that as a believer, you've had to process some broken situations maybe a broken relationship, maybe something that's gone wrong, maybe not of your choice. And this morning, friends, we're not seeking to grind people into the ground, we're seeking to say that whatever the past is, there's always a future in front of us and that God's able to redeem even the broken issues of our life and give us a fresh sense of living unto Him. It may be this morning that even as we've worshipped, what a great song the band led us in that last, all the songs were great, but that last song, Declarity Over Us. It it may be this morning that uh, lies need to be pulled down over your life. It may be that God's reckless love touches you afresh, it may be that you've been scarred and marred by past experiences, but God resets the button on your life today to tell you that He still loves you, He still cares for you, He's still got a passion for you, and He still wants you as you do the right things, even the hard things, to be blessed of Him. Doing the hard things morally, what does morality mean? Well, it simply means the principle of right or wrong behavior we live in a world of immorality that is disinterested in right and wrong we live in a world of amorality and that little prefix a means nothing in other words we have many people that don't even believe in morals they don't even they just they just they don't even think about it we've seen in recent times in the film industry amorality unleashed and even this week again Uh, as Harvey Weinstein was arrested in uh, Manhattan, New York. uh, Still, of course, to be tried, but some example of seemingly amoral behavior, impure before the Lord. Jesus says, Blessed are those that are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus backed this on by words that followed in the Sermon on the Mount. And in verses 27 to 30, he talks about, you've heard it say, but I say. He wasn't even talking, friends, about the act. He was talking about the attitude of heart. He digged deeper. He raised the bar higher. And he's so strong in his language of doing that. Please bear in mind that sometimes in the scripture, we have to understand what is literative, And we also have to understand what is figurative. And when Jesus says that if your eye causes you to offend, guide you out, please, we don't want everybody arriving next week with a patch on. It was figurative. If your arm causes you to offend, chop it off. I I say this because I know a preacher once that preached on this and somebody put something literally into action that caused... Great disturbance in the church. It's figurative speaking, it's hyperbole, it's exaggeration to drive home the points. But deal with it ruthlessly. That is what Jesus is talking about in this scripture. Have a passion to be pure in hearts. Let me just give you one or two examples of the challenges that we face in these days. <clears throat> Two years ago, there was a website that crashed. Seems to be a lot of websites crashing. Anybody with TSB? Anyway, we'll move on. <sighs> but the website was called Ashley Madison, and uh, it crashed. It was it was it was uh, invaded, and it exposed. It's 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 a website, friends, that encourages extra. Marital relationships. I've never been on it, but if you click on Google and put Ashley Madsen, it says these words, 45 million people can't be wrong. Oh, yes, they can. 45 million people hooked up to this website, and people were exposed as it was hacked, and it caused a lot of issues, impure I was reading recently of the number of primary school te- uh, children that are exposed to inappropriate images at school. And, of course, that gets even worse as the age groups get older. Somebody has calculated that there are 500,000 sexual images that are posted on Twitter every day. Every day. And in this book that I read recently, which has an American feel to it, but by Prophet Larry Tomzak. Got some great thoughts on social issues. Larry Tomzak says that the pornography industry in the United States creates more revenue than the MLB, the NBA, and the NFL combined. For the uninitiated, the MLB is the Major League Baseball, the NBA is the National Basketball Association, and the NFL is the National Football League. They create a lot of dollars. But more than all that together, immorality, amorality, impurity. And Jesus comes to us and says, In the context of which we live, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus was speaking to a people, friends, that religiously were putting an emphasis on the exterior Numbers of years ago, I had the privilege of traveling with a a team of colleagues to the Holy Land. And we went down to the Dead Sea uh, area and we we went to a special place where uh, a religious group used to meet. And oh my word, the paraphernalia of washings that these people would go through every day in their approach to God. Some of you may have said, you know, I've done my ablutions. That's where the word comes from, Ablution. Washings, ceremonial cleansings, again and again and again and again. And many of the people who were coming to Jesus would have engaged in exterior washings. But he's saying, guys, it's not enough. You remember when he says later on that you you like whitewashed sepulchers on the outside, but inside, it's not enough just to be washed on the outside. Please don't go away and say, that bloke says, I don't have to have a shower again. You know, I didn't say that. (laughs) But it's not enough, friends. We've got to have a washing on the inside. Can you remember when you became a Christian and you knew you'd been washed on the inside? You knew that those things that were dirty and unclean had been washed away. What a a feeling. What a sense of knowing that God had touched us. The outside washings are complicated. They're misplaced. They have a danger of becoming hypocritical. And they don't work. Jesus' passionate call is for us to be cleansed on the inside. In Philippians, he says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Listen, so that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. If ever we live in one, so we do today. Then you will shine like the stars in the night. Briefly, let me just talk for a moment about three or four areas where we can express our God-given morality. Morality in our minds. Those of you that will, uh, are good on computers will be aware of Gigo. Garbage in, garbage out. You know, I've been that person. It's that, that computer. Blaming the computer. I didn't put it into the computer incorrectly and then blame the computer for not producing what I wanted it to do. The Bible says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will prove the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. In Philippians 4, it says, Whatever things are right, whatever things are admirable, whatever things are excellent and praiseworthy and pure, think on these things. One preacher says, Such words... Prescribe our choices in life, and then moral in motive. Proverbs sixteen two says that motives are weighed by the Lord. Jesus is not interested just in what we do, but why we do it. And then moral in marriage. I was counting the other day. We've had a real spurt of marriages in Arena Church over the last eighteen months. I think I got to eleven. 11 couples that have committed various journeys. And I've been very impacted again as I've sat in numbers of those services with those two words, I will. I will. I understand that, friends, things can go wrong at times, but God wants us to be committed in this area. Larry Tomczak, in his book, gives a 25-point list if anybody wants it, I'll get you a copy. A 25-point list of the consequences of adulterous relationships. Once you've read that, you'll never go there. Because it's a start warning. You may have been married just a few months. God wants to, you to run to I will. On July the 28th, I've been married 39 years. It's a long time. I realized the enemy would still like to take me out. At 63 in a couple of weeks' time, he'd love me to be a disappointment to my wife, my daughters, my grandkids. He'd love to. So I have to continually be on my guards and commit to, I will. And then moral in the main thing. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart, because out of it come the issues of life. Jesus later on in Matthew 15, again deals with excephalism and he begins to describe things that are pouring out of people and he says where do those things come from he says they come from the heart i was sitting with a i'll mention no names of course i was sitting with a young couple recently that had been in ministry i had to go to a meeting where it was announced that they were being stepped down and the reality was that The internal world of their lives had unraveled. And things began to come out of their hearts that didn't reflect appropriately in Christian ministry. God, the main thing, and the main thing is your heart. Don't allow it to be defiled by this world. Jesus said, you have heard, but I say. Arena Church, can we make a fresh commitment this morning in a very impure, unclean, immoral, amoral world to, without running to religion, without faking it through externals, without denying the God given gifts that God has given to us in appropriate contexts and unions, to be the people that will shine for Him? If I can quote, take that, that all the stars are coming out tonight. And God needs a church like that. So as I close, here's four little pointers to help us. Just two or three weeks ago, we were at our National Conference of Assemblies of God, and we had a really good time. We needed God to help us, and he did. And Pastor Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands, and uh, some of his teaching has impacted us on the journey here at Arena, said numbers of things. But here's one thing I wrote down. I'm a great, I'm a note taker. (laughs) He says, take every possible measure to stay pure. Take every possible measure to stay pure. And so as we hear the words of Jesus this morning, as we say, Lord Jesus, by your grace, we are going to seek to do the hard thing morally. Here's four things to help us. They're not rocket science. But if you'll implement them, they really will help you. Number one, the word. The word. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your words. When I was a, a 10, 11, 12 years of age, Sunday school background, I've got a little New Testament to that's still in pretty good nick, actually. It's the, it's the King James Version, because as you can see, it's, it was a long time ago when I was 10, 11, and 12. But it's a little New Testament that I was awarded, because I used to go to a Monday night boys club, and it was led by two brothers. They both ultimately went to live in Australia. One used to love the boisterous games, and from where I came from on a council estate in Nottingham, I mean British Bulldog, I mean taking people out, I mean, games today, that health and safety would absolutely freak over. Uh, but, you know, we just, his brother used to come and said, tonight we're doing a Bible quiz. Mm. But it was a great balance. And what they did, they used to do something through Scripture gift mission called the Young Sowers League. And so you used to ask, a, we answered a question on every chapter in the Gospels. You got a certificate. And then you asked a quest, answered a question on every chapter in the New Testament you got a New Testament from Acts to to, uh, Revelation. I've still got that little New Testament, and it forever causes me to thank God for people when I was a young man that sowed the Word of God into my life. I believe it was a preservative as I had to navigate adolescence like every other young guy, as I had to come from being a kid to a teenager that knew, like all teenagers, the answer to everything. And then when I got to 25, I realised my dad was right after all, you know. How can a young man keep it? Can we believe for young people in these days in Arena Church to grow up pure? Despite all the stuff around them. Can we believe that they'll grow up, friends, influence, as those kids are having the word of God sown into them this morning. We thank God for a committed kids team. We thank God for Friday nights, Nathan and the team. We thank God for everything you're sowing in. Let's believe it will take people on the right path. Psalm 1911, I read it this week in my devotionals, by keeping them, which is the words of God, your servant is warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. First of all, the word of God. The Bible describes it as being purer than God's. And if you read it, absorb it, apply it and do it, it will inevitably have a purifying effect on your life. Number two, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I'm still finding Christians that sort of have some misapprehensions about the Holy Spirit. Unlike religious cults, he's not a force, he's not a thing, he's not a power, he's a person. And, And Jesus says, when I go back to the Father, I will send the Holy Spirit into the earth. The one who comes alongside and we believe that we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit and he will help us to keep on the right track. Yes, it's about tongues. It's about celebrating Pentecost. It's about the gifts. It's about prophecy. It's about revelation. But listen to this in Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step With the Spirit. Now, if you pray that this week, watch out because the Spirit of God will answer your prayer. When you are tempted to stray somewhere, you will feel something saying, Whoa! Now, in humanity and free will, you can still crash through the red light and do what you want to do. But if we are committed to being led and living by the Spirit, the Spirit of God will desire to keep in step with us and us with Him. So therefore, we will yield to the Word. We will glorify Jesus. It's a great place to be. Uncomfortable sometimes, but a great place to be. Number three, the church. I still get people saying to me, I don't have to be a, a go to church to be a Christian. If you are a Christian, a proper one, why wouldn't you want to come to church? And let me tell you, there is something washing over us this morning that is indefinable. You've been on the building site this week. You've heard language that you'd rather not listen to. You've tried to walk away from jokes that you'd rather not hear. You've been in all sorts of different work contexts. you come to church we begin to worship Jesus. The band plays. The, the Bible speaks about the washing of water by the word. And something washes over us. Sometimes we feel it more than other times. Like sometimes you lie in the bath and you get out and so, say, oh, that was incredible. But other times you're in the shower. Because the kids have got to get ready. You've got to get a work. It's the same with church. Sometimes you say, that was absolutely incredible this morning. Other times you'll come and go, but don't misunderstand that the times that you don't feel it, something still happens. Something still happens. And I don't know where you're on your church journey, but please commit to a local church of believers. An arena church of passionate. The Bible says, don't give up meeting together. But consider how you may spur one another on to love and good deeds. The Word, the Spirit, the Church, and finally, the Lord. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Vince Avner, a great preacher, says, In the early church, nobody considered receiving Jesus as Saviour, with the option of making him Lord later. Now, the Western Church have done that. Got a ticket to heaven. But the Lord Jesus Christ, our master, our owner, Hudson Taylor, who came from a Yorkshire town not too far up the M1 and started China Inland Mission, an incredible apostolic ministry to China. said if he's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. Can we bring him our strengths and our weaknesses and say, Lord, will you be Lord of my relationships? Will you be Lord of my phone? I've got a friend of mine that was a serious gangster criminal. You sort of have those friends, don't you? He got wonderfully born again. He started a men's ministry in the potteries. It's an incredible discipleship ministry. Many men now coming out of prison and he's employing them. Just the incredible work of God. He says, I often say to them on the discipleship journey, let me look at your phone. And that's the sort of relationship that they've got. I realize today, friends, this little thing can take me to places I don't want to go to. I realize that things can pop up through advertising at times. But Jesus is raising the bar. and He's Lord. He's Lord of your computer. Lord, be the Lord of my choices. Be the Lord of my life 24 7. We spend in a 168 hour rhythm of a week, little time gathered together, a few hours. The few hours as you've already heard are to set us up for the rest of the week. Sunday's ministry taking, in, taking us into Monday's living. Lord, be. Lord of every area of my life, as we yield to Jesus, as we find a continual commitment to washing and cleansing, He'll help us. He said, Phil, as I close, what if it goes wrong? Maybe you've turned up at church this week. Oh, wish I hadn't done that. What if it goes wrong? The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness the bible says be being filled with the spirit why do we need to keep being filled because we leak why do we keep needing to have that commitment to church because we can't survive on a service a year we need something regularly to input into our lives if it goes wrong don't stay in guilt don't stay condemned put it right quickly and move on so here's the challenge we ought to be in the world but not of it I understand that there are some people that go and live in monasteries and all those things and I don't want to make any uh, jibe about that suffice to say I think it's misplaced I I could put myself in a religious we could put a barricade around arena church say nobody in and nobody's going out we're just staying here well we'd probably be pretty good at being pure then but we're out in that world this week having an influence making a difference. And Daniel in the Old Testament stayed totally moral, but God gave him a favor with an ungodly king. You don't have to be weird this week. You don't have to be strange. But Jesus said in Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. And salt in the ancient times was known for its purity. It was used as a metaphor for purity as well. And this week... Be salt, be a presence, impact others. There are people you'll talk to this week, you won't even mention Jesus or Christianity, but they will walk away from you knowing that you have had a good impact upon their lives. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Wherever you journey this morning, Somebody trying to navigate their way to Jesus. Somebody that perhaps feels they've let Jesus down. Somebody that's been a Christian and is passionate to go further up the mountainside, wherever we are in these challenging days. And I hope you've heard my heart this morning to say, I really don't underestimate that. I'm a real person living in those real challenges. May Jesus help us. To be people that implement his word, that desire to follow him, and do the whole thing morally. Let's pray.